Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Takes a shot, runs into the box, shot, score! It's time for Atlanta Soccer Tonight. Tune in as Jason Longshore gives you insight and analysis on the beautiful game, including headlines from around the world of soccer. Rebound, score! This is Atlanta Soccer Tonight, brought to you by Moe's Southwest Grill. Welcome to Moe's. Atlanta Soccer Tonight is on Sports Radio 92.9, The Game. Here's Jason Longshore. Let's kick it. Atlanta Soccer Tonight, live on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. I'm Jason Longshore. Welcome to our weekly show where we cover soccer in Atlanta, in the state of Georgia, all over the southeastern United States, the rest of the country, the hemisphere, the world, and maybe beyond if we can find it played on other planets. That's what we do. It's AST. You guys are used to the format of this show by now. Usually we open with Atlanta United. We get into some other things in the second segment, sometimes MLS, sometimes other competitions. This summer we're going to have a lot of second segment bonus material with the Women's World Cup kicking off on Thursday. The United States opens the tournament on Friday. Uh, We're also going to have some bonus AST content, and I tell you guys every week to make sure that you subscribe to Off the Woodwork. That is where you get all of our soccer content from 92.9 The Game and everything that we do, whether it's Atlanta United or AST related. Well, we're going to have special bonus podcasts around the Women's World Cup. Our good friend Jessica Charman will be back in the fold for that. We're also going to have some special on-air content around the Women's World Cup, around the U.S. Women's National Team games, starting on Friday. Game kicks off at 9 o'clock, and we will be on the air on 92.9 The Game starting at 11 p.m. to break everything down that happened in the first game of the tournament. The United States plays Vietnam in the group stage opener. We'll be back next Wednesday as well at 11 p.m. after the U.S. has a rematch of the Women's World Cup final from 2019 where they face the Netherlands. Now, there will be some games that are going to be played at weird times of the late night, early morning, where we won't have a post-game show, but we'll have a pre-game show on 92.9 The Game uh, around 11 o'clock, the day of the game, or the night before if it's a 3 a.m. kick. Just bear with us. Make sure you're following me on social media at Longshoe. I'll try to keep you posted with all of it. And make sure you are subscribed to Off the Woodwork to get all of this content, whether you can listen live or listen on demand later. And that's going to start tomorrow. Jess and I are recording a podcast special preview of the Women's World Cup. We're also going to have Jonas Eideval, the manager of the Arsenal women's team, going to give his expert analysis of the English national team, also the Swedish national team, who is a potential favorite here. They beat the U.S. in the last Olympics. So going to be a fun summer with Women's World Cup action starting this week. But it's also going to be a fun summer when it comes to Atlanta United, although this past week maybe was not the most fun. Back-to-back 2-1 losses for the five stripes in New England on Wednesday and at home against Orlando City on Saturday night. 
just a, a frustrating week, a long week, a lot of travel in the week. Uh, I've talked about it before, and I don't think it ultimately made the biggest of differences on Saturday against Orlando, but it did make a difference. Atlanta United was a tired team. They had two long trips within the conference, Montreal and New England, back-to-back Saturday last week and then Wednesday. And then back home to face Orlando, who did not play on Wednesday. Major League Soccer has to get the scheduling a little bit tighter. And I know it's difficult. I've done scheduling. I know how hard it is. But you can't consistently have teams play on short rest against opponents who are not on short rest. For some reason, Orlando looked like they were on short rest. I don't know. Maybe they did an extra scrimmage on Wednesday to try to make things a little even. I have no idea. But that needs to be avoided. And it is avoidable, I think. Maybe in a rare case it happens, but it needs to be something that the league does a better job of avoiding. It affected Atlanta United on Saturday night. Did it cost them the game? Ultimately, no, I don't think so. Uh, the two mistakes that were made, maybe the second one was a little bit of mental fatigue, but the first one that led to Orlando City's goal, uh, Atlanta had the lead and could not hold it. Good set piece that Orlando scored on. Questions after the game were asking about, since it was similar score lines, 2-1 in both games, were the losses similar at New England and at home to Orlando. Here's what Gonzalo Pineda had to say about that. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think uh, uh, we face a good team. Uh, credit to Orlando. Uh, I want to give them credit. They did a good job. Um, I think it was an even game. We, for moments when we had the ball, were dangerous. When they had the ball, they were dangerous. Uh, little details for me were the difference. Um, we were ahead this time, winning the game, and then in a set piece, we consider a goal, um, uh, and, and of course that that took a little bit of, away the momentum that we were getting right after scoring the goal. So we couldn't capitalize that advantage. Um, and then in the second half, I felt like we tried, we tried, and then in a play where our back line was disorganized or not cohesive, it was all over the place in some moment, not high enough, a lot of space in between the lines, and then a little discoordination there in the middle of, of the back line, and then they get the second goal. After that, we, we chased the game. I think we put enough pressure on them. We put them back, and then we had a couple half chances, a couple... Um, opportunities to score goals, but we were not able. They did a good job at defending that. Uh, I think it was a very different game compared to New England. I agree. I don't think the, the losses were that similar. New England got off to a great start, a great goal to open things up. And then a second goal where Santiago Sosa loses a 1v1 to Carlos Heel. And no, you don't want that to happen. And you have to avoid those situations. And maybe Sosa can be a little more conservative in that spot on the field. But Carlos Hill is also a really good player. And he's going to beat people in 1v1s. It happens. It's happened to a lot of players in this league. Uh, that made it 2-0 very early. I thought after that Atlanta was really good on Wednesday night. And probably should have scored a goal earlier than the, the last minute of stoppage time when Machope Chol got the opener. I thought Chol was, was great in that match coming off the bench. He earned himself the start on Saturday and looked really good early on on Saturday night before he was injured and had to leave the match early. That had a huge impact on Atlanta on Saturday night, in my opinion, because it took away a substitution window in the second half when you really would have needed some fresh legs, maybe in that last 15, 10 minutes. Atlanta had to adjust and change up their sub patterns because of that. It also took a, an effective player out of the mix. I think Chol has been really good overall since coming back from national team duty, going back to March with South Sudan. Uh, he's a player who has to be able to make that jump to not just being good off the bench, but being good in starting roles. And I thought he was off to that right step on Saturday night against Orlando. He was lively. He was maybe the, the freshest player for Atlanta United in the group. And then he was injured. And, and hopefully it is not anything long term. The goals that were given up against Orlando City, I mean, I talked about it before. It's a set piece that 
you've got to get a body on Antonio Carlos, but Atlanta United overall has been good defending set pieces this season. They haven't given up the set piece goals that were happening early last year. Juano Parata's presence has really helped with that. Sometimes you're going to get beat, and Antonio Carlos with a great header um, beats Brad Kazan. It, you got to get a body on Antonio Carlos to not give him as clean of a look, but that's a that's a good goal for Orlando City, and I think the second goal is a good goal as well. The movement from Duncan McGuire, and I was trading messages with a friend who uh, lives down in Central Florida and, and gets to see Orlando City a little more regularly, uh, talking about McGuire and, and what he could turn into. He really impressed me in, in this game, and it, it's the first extended period of time I've had to see McGuire and everything that he does. He's a, a number nine who is still adding elements to his game. Coming out of the college game, at times, college games can be pretty route one, pretty direct, and strength and physicality and pace and, and those things can can really rule the day that doesn't always work for you at the next level. And I think McGuire has made the transition really quickly. He's just, He just has that nose for goal inside the 18, and that's something that is instinctual, and he's got that. But the move that he made off the ball to create the space for himself was top level. And it was really impressive. He was in front of Juan Operata and spun to his right. Kind of took a step back away from Parata and spun around to the right. Lost Parata and got inside of Abram, who wasn't tucked in really tight and really shouldn't have been as Parata kind of had Maguire under wraps. But the movement from Maguire, he lost Parata. Abram couldn't recover quick enough. The ball for Maurizio Pereira is exquisite because that's what he does, even at 33 years old. And Maguire puts it home. It's a really good goal. And yes, you had the little bit of lack of focus from Parata to stay with Maguire. Maguire lost him. Sometimes good players do good things and accomplish things in the match. And it's frustrating because that was the deciding factor. The game honestly felt like a draw. Orlando was not great on Saturday night. Atlanta was not great on Saturday night. I don't think they had the second gear that they needed to have. Uh, they fought. They pushed for it. Tiago Almada almost had a highlight reel moment at the end, forcing a big save from Pedro Galese. Uh, I don't think Victor Rivas had a good game as the center referee, but it was more about game management than about missing a call that affected anything. Um, I just didn't like the way he managed the game. I thought he seemed frustrated and upset himself, and that led to more frustration and upset among the players. It just didn't work. It didn't didn't flow. Happens sometimes. Didn't affect the result. Atlanta United wasn't good enough to get the win, and ultimately they weren't good enough to hold on to the draw in that match, and its points dropped at home to a rival in Orlando City. So what's next? I know a lot of people have talked about this as a break. It's not really a break. Uh, maybe an extra day of rest after the game, and the team needed it after the week that they had. But you're turning around and you're playing on Tuesday of next week in Fort Lauderdale, against Inter-Miami, and against Lionel Messi. And it's going to be a spectacle. Now, first, Thiago Almada, Yorgos Yakamakis, they will be playing with the MLS All-Stars on Wednesday night against Arsenal. They'll come back and rejoin the team. Shouldn't affect their availability at all for that game against Inter-Miami. The League's Cup tournament starts on Friday. Miami hosts Cruz Azul. That's in Atlanta United's group. It's a three-team group. We'll get into the the format, the rules in the, of the competition a little bit in the third segment of the show. But I wanted to share this with you. Last night, Lionel Messi was introduced in Fort Lauderdale. La Presentación. It was a big global event. I'm hearing like billions of people worldwide watch this. One of the things that they got to see was Inter-Miami owner, one of the owners, Jorge Mas, speaking about signing Lionel Messi. Here's Jorge Mas at Drive Pink Stadium last night. It was the personification of dreams coming true. When David and I first met and we dreamt of what Inter-Miami represents, 
It started all with the freedom to dream. And we dreamed of not only bringing elite players and the best players, but the best player to ever don boots. And his name is Lionel Andres Messi. And tonight is a celebration for the city of my birth, for Miami, but more importantly for our fans, for Major League Soccer, and for the football landscape in the United States of America. There will always be a before and an after Lionel Messi, and tonight that journey begins. All the reports are that Messi will play on Friday against Cruz Azul. Now, I don't know about Busquets. I don't know if he's going to be ready to go on Friday. And it sounds like the Jordi Alba signing could happen this week. And who knows what other signings are on the way. Facundo Farias uh, out of Argentina, young U22 initiative player. That sounds like it's very close to getting done. Wouldn't expect him to factor it on Friday or next week. But Messi might. This is going to be just an insane period of time for Major League Soccer, and I cannot wait to see what happens. Friday night, Miami, Cruz Azul, would love to see a draw in that game because it makes it easier for Atlanta United to get out of the group. Top two of the three teams get out of the group and move into the knockout rounds of the League's Cup. Atlanta United will be at Fort Lauderdale next Tuesday. We will have coverage on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app, and we will get you ready for that with AST next week, March to Match Day, all the things that you're accustomed to. Coming up next on AST in five minutes, we're going to get caught up on what happened to conclude the CONCACAF Gold Cup, and we're going to look ahead to the U.S. Women's National Team in the Women's World Cup. Stay with us, AST, back in five on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Back to more of Atlanta Soccer Tonight with Jason Longshore. On Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Welcome back. Atlanta Soccer Tonight on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. Talked a lot of Atlanta United in the first segment. Got to get caught up on the national teams here in the second segment. One team concluded their summer programming, the U.S. men's national team. The women get started on Friday trying to defend back-to-back World Cup championships. Going for the three-peat, it has never been done on the men's side or the women's side. The U.S. women's national team trying to accomplish that down in Australia and New Zealand. Let's come back to them. Let's wrap up the U.S. men's national team's summer. We know Greg Berhalter is back in charge as of now. The U.S. MNT failed to get to the Gold Cup final. Mexico ended up winning the Gold Cup over Panama. A great goal last night from Santiago Jimenez to put the game away. I thought Panama was outstanding in the tournament. A really good turnaround 
for this Panamanian national team. We talked about it last week. Uh, Christensen, the manager, and what he has done with this team. They've completely changed their profile. They play good soccer, and, and Coco Carrasquilla from the Houston Dynamo won the Golden Ball, the player of the tournament in the Gold Cup, absolutely deservedly so. The U.S. lost to Panama in the semifinal. They lost on penalties. They needed penalties to get past Canada in the quarterfinal. Was it a good tournament for the U.S. men's national team? And for those of you who didn't watch closely, this was not the first-choice group of players. That group won the Nations League and did look convincing in semifinal and final, beating Mexico, beating Canada. They looked like the champions of that competition. They ended up the champions of that competition, and you have to feel good about where the U.S. MNT is overall. So then what was the Gold Cup? And... That's a, a tough one for, I think, CONCACAF to really answer because you're seeing some teams take the Gold Cup extremely seriously. Mexico needed to get something out of the Gold Cup. Jaime Lozano, their new manager, won the trophy, probably won a fairly secure contract through the World Cup in 2026, although if they have a poor Copa America next summer, maybe that changes. They needed something out of it, and they got it. Panama needed to continue to grow and make a statement. They got it. Jamaica needed something out of it. Honestly, falling in the semifinal to Mexico in the manner that they did, they didn't get everything they needed out of it. What did the U.S. need out of the Gold Cup? I don't know if they really had an idea of exactly what they needed. They wanted to play some players and see if they could show that they are ready from the second group, and maybe in some positions, maybe the third choice, maybe the fourth choice. But they needed some of these players needed to show that they could move up from that to the first-team roster. Now, there were a couple of first-team players involved, Matt Turner, for example, Miles Robinson, another example. But there were others who needed to step up in this tournament. Did they? I don't know if anyone completely truly changed their stock changed their trajectory Jesus Ferreira had some really good moments but he's on the fringe of the first group in my opinion to begin with I don't think he pushed himself higher up on that depth chart I don't think he lost ground but I don't know if he helped himself as much as maybe he could have Brandon Vasquez he scored three goals off the bench he scored key goals against Jamaica and Canada. He started against Panama and didn't add a whole lot to the table. So you have Ferreira already in that group. You have, I mean, so many different players. Jordan Pifak, Ricardo Pepe, he's moving up right now. Fuleran Balogun, definitely. He's probably the number one guy right now. Okay, uh, where does Vasquez fit? I don't think he improved his stock. Is he fifth on the striker list? Is he sixth? Is is he fourth? I, I, I don't know. I think Ferreira is higher up, and I think that was the case coming into the tournament, and I think that's the case coming out of the tournament. Maybe the player who helped themselves the most is a 19-year-old center back, Jalen Neal, LA Galaxy player. Uh, great job. Looked very comfortable, especially comfortable on the ball. He's 19. Maybe what he did is he improved his stock to be a cornerstone of the next Olympic team. We talked about Duncan McGuire in the last segment for Orlando. I think Duncan McGuire has improved his stock with the club level side of things to be a striker for that Olympic team. He is age eligible for next summer. Obviously, Jalen Neal at 19. That's a U23 tournament. He is definitely uh, going to be in that group. And maybe that's what he got out of this tournament. He'll get some looks with the first team. Maybe he got noticed to, to move to a club in Europe. Maybe that's what he's going to get out of it. I thought Jalen Neal had a good tournament. Brian Reynolds showed why he's made the move to Europe already, although there's rumors about him coming back to Major League Soccer. Um, the move for him to Roma never made any sense, and he's never really fit in there. There's a lot of players ahead of him, but Brian Reynolds showed well. Um, I don't know if anybody in the midfield – dramatically improved their standing. 
uh, Gianluca Busio, James Sands, Georgi Mihailovic, all good players. I really like Mihailovic. I would like to see him with that main group. I'd love to see Mihailovic in a, a midfield with McKenney and, and Yunus Musa. Well, Gio Reyna is probably going to be that guy. If Gio Reyna is not available, maybe that opens the door for Mihailovic. But I don't think he pushed up to be in that conversation if everybody's available. Uh, Cade Cowell, it, it's the same as we've seen generally. I think Cade Cowell is an incredibly talented young player, and he shows that sometimes, and he doesn't show that other times. If he can find some consistency, he has the talent to be a first-choice player. I don't know if you learned anything else from him just yet. Alejandro Zendejas, is he ready to make that breakthrough? He didn't really have a great tournament, and he missed the semifinal due to injury. Wasn't great in the four starts. He was maybe one who was primed to show here why he should be with the main group in September. Uh, September 9th is the first game back for Greg Berhalter, the next game for the USMNT. They host Uzbekistan in St. Louis. There will be a few, a few guys from this group in the Gold Cup who will be part of that team. Turner. Miles Robinson, candidates to start. Jalen Neal might get the call up. Like I said, Mihailovic might get the call up. I think maybe one of Ferreira and Vasquez could get the call up. Maybe Zendejas. But that might be it. This was an opportunity for a few players to step up in the pecking order. And I don't think they necessarily did. And that's the disappointment coming out of the CONCACAF Gold Cup for the U.S. men's national team. Now let's move over to the U.S. women's national team. They start their World Cup trying to defend their title, back-to-back -back titles, starting Friday. It's a 9 o'clock kickoff against Vietnam, their first tournament. Should be a dominant win for the U.S. They then play the Netherlands, which is a rematch of the 2019 Women's World Cup final. Then they play Portugal in the third group stage game. A really good Portugal team, but it is their first World Cup. Portugal is one of the countries that I think we're starting to see. We know what they've done on the men's side, and we know the talent that they've produced on the men's side. They've finally, over the past couple generations, started to invest properly on the women's side, and it's starting to show. They're in their first World Cup. That won't be an easy game. Vietnam can test the, the U.S. a little bit at times, but the U.S. should win that. The Dutch will be a challenge. That will not be an easy game. Even with Medema, one of the top Dutch players, out due to injury, the U.S. is missing players due to injury. I think the biggest question for the U.S. women's national team, and this is something we're going to get into in tomorrow's podcast World Cup preview special, myself, Jessica Charman. I'm curious to get Jess's take on this. I don't know what the starting lineup is for the U.S. women's national team in a knockout game. And I think these three group stage games are going to help Flatko Andonofsky, the manager, decide that. Up front, there are so many options for this team, and all of them will probably get time in the group stage. But who's the group when you have to win? Alex Morgan is the veteran number nine of the group. Megan Rapino is the veteran winger slash playmaker of the group. A lot of young players around that. Lynn Williams, who has been in and out of the team. I think Lynn Williams is just an incredible player. And she's just been through the national team pool at a time where there are a lot of incredible players. This could be Lynn Williams' breakout tournament. It could be Sophia Smith's breakout tournament. She's been incredible in the NWSL for the Portland Thorns. It could be Trinity Rodman's breakout tournament. She's been great in the NWSL with Washington. I think right now, I think it's Morgan, it's Smith, and it's Rodman in a game that matters. I think that's your three. But Williams, Rapino, other possibilities as well on the wings or as the number nine, you're going to see them do what maybe some of the men failed to do in the Gold Cup. Stake a claim to playing time when it counts. I think one of the key things for Vlatko Andonovsky is to get veterans into the right spots with this team. There's going to be young players counted on in big moments in this team this time around, which hasn't always been the case. 
and you're going to need the veterans to help them. There, there are no veterans in those positions. Center back is the big one with Sauerbrunn injured out of the tournament. You're probably going to see Alana Cook and Naomi Gurma at center back. Talented, inexperienced at this level, very talented. In my opinion, that makes Julie Ertz the most important player for the U.S. women's national team in 2023. And I know she's just back with the team after having her first child. This is a challenging spot for Ertz and for Andonovsky because, in my opinion, you have to do everything it takes to have her playing at her best when it matters, when you get to the knockout rounds. And depending on how you feel the rest of the group can cover it, maybe even you need Ertz to be ready to go at her absolute best she could possibly be when you get to the semifinals, maybe the quarterfinals if you feel a little shaky. Because I want Ertz's mentality, I want her intensity, I want her leadership on the field in the big games. And if that means you kind of ease her in and ramp up her, I think, her impact in this team through the group stage, I'm okay with that. Julie Ertz has to be on the field when it matters for the U.S. Women's National Team. She might have to play center back. If you have any issues with Cook or Germa, I think Ertz is the one who becomes the center back. I think she needs to play as the holding midfielder. If she can be the anchor with Lindsey Horan, with Rose Lavelle in that midfield, the U.S. can win the World Cup again. But that's a lot of ifs with this team. There's going to be good competition in this tournament. I think England is incredibly talented. Germany, even though they lost to Zambia, very good team. I mentioned Sweden before. Sweden is a team you have to watch for. Canada is a team you have to watch for. They won the gold medal at the last Olympics. Uh, Brazil, Spain, France. There, there are so many teams that can compete now at a level that we have just not seen before. It's not going to be an easy walk for the U.S. women's national team. Vlatko Andonovsky, there's been some questions about his lineup selection, about his tactics, about is he ready for this kind of a moment? I think the way he manages these three group games, which are all winnable, which are games maybe that you expect to win all of them, I think the way he manages the team, I don't care about the scoreboard number. I care about how they're ramping up. They need to be better at the end of the group stage. After 270 minutes of play, they need to be better then than they are now. They need to ramp up. We need to know at the end of that, all right, it is Smith, Rodman, and Morgan up top. They really complement one another. That's the group to help us win this thing. Maybe it's not. Maybe it's Williams instead. Maybe it's one of them coming off the bench. That has to be figured out in these group stage matches. It is a big, important three games for the U.S. Women's National Team, not just because it's a World Cup, but to figure things out. Can't wait to see it. Again, we will have tons of coverage on Off the Woodwork on the Odyssey app. We're going to have tons of coverage on air as well starting Friday, 11 p.m. We'll have the post-game show after the U.S.-Vietnam match. All right, coming up next. Three local stories, four world headlines, three things that make me smile about this game that we love so much. The 3-4-3 three, three is up next in five on 92.9 The Game and the Odyssey app. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? 
We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. It's time to wrap up tonight's show with the 343. 343. Three local stories, four headlines from around the world, and three things that made you smile about the game. Atlanta Soccer Tonight is on Sports Radio 92.9, the game. Welcome back. Final segment of Atlanta Soccer Tonight for Monday, July 17th. So many things to get into. So little time. That's why we condense it all in the 3-4-3. Let's go. Three local stories to start things off. Number one, Apotheos FC of Kennesaw. They defeated the Georgia Revolution 4-3 in an extra time classic to win the NPSL Southeast Conference title on Saturday night. Former Atlanta Silverbacks and Centennial High School standout Junior Sandoval he scored the winning goal with almost the last kick of the game. Big win for Apotheos, who've had a great second season in the NPSL Southeast. Georgia Revolution really came on late in the year as well. A lot of local talent on both teams. It'll be Apotheos who moves on into the South Region playoffs that'll come up this upcoming weekend. Number two on the local side, Atlanta United 2. Some good news out of the game last night. Nick Firmino, he moved into the sole top spot in the MLS Next Pro Golden Boot Race. 11th goal of the season, a header from a Luke Brennan cross. Great cross from Brennan. Aiden Torres, the 15-year-old from Stone Mountain, he had his first professional start last night on the road against Orlando City B. Sean Lanza started as well. It was four MLS homegrowns in the starting lineup for Atlanta United. Two, two future homegrowns, Brennan and Torres, will become MLS homegrowns next season. One current academy player in Sean Lanza. A lot of youth. One of the youngest teams in MLS Next Pro this season. And it showed a little bit in this game. It was a crazy match. I, I thought Orlando City B really gave Atlanta problems early on. Then, in a wild sequence where it looked like OCB might have a goal going the other way, Justin Garces made a big play outside of his 18. Orlando wanted a handball. The ref didn't give it. Atlanta went down the other way. Tyler Young slipped a pass through to Jackson Conway. Tyler Young's back from injury and playing really well, by the way. Conway's tripped up in the 18. It was a second yellow for the center back, Thomas Williams of Orlando City B. Conway equalized. It's 1-1. Whole second half. Going to be 11 v. 10. Okay. Well, then Firmino made it 2-1, and things felt pretty good. Luke Brennan had a chance to put the game away. Missed the shot. It, kind of an open net. Not exactly, but it was a, a play that you expect Brennan to put that into the back of the net. Didn't. And then a couple of very big mistakes. And full credit to Orlando City B for throwing everything forward and, and making Atlanta United to make mistakes. But two goals back-to-back in back-to-back minutes gave 10-man OCB the 3-2 win. Disappointing one. Very disappointing one. The twos have to shake it off, though, because they're back in action on Sunday at 7.30 in Kennesaw, hosting Huntsville City FC. You might want to be tuned in around that time right here on your radio dial or maybe the Odyssey app if that's what you prefer. You just might want to. Stay tuned. Literally and figuratively. Number three on the local side. Big game down in Statesboro coming up on Saturday night. South Georgia Tormenta will be hosting the Greenville Triumph. It's been a slow start to the season for Tormenta as they try to defend their USL League One title. They're currently four points out of the playoffs, but they've won back-to-back -back games. 
Greenville's even hotter right now. They've won four straight. That's put them into the playoff picture. The top six get in. Greenville is in fifth on goal differential, but they're right on that playoff line with the Richmond kickers, four points ahead of Tormenta. Huge game down in Statesboro Saturday night. If you are in the vicinity or you want to make a little bit of a, a drive down, great place to catch a game. Really good grassroots lower division soccer. Tormenta and Greenville Saturday night. Four headlines from around the world. Number one, it is silly season. Let's get caught up on some of the latest. There are tons of different things going on. Here's just a couple of headlines that grab my attention. We've talked about Harry Kane and the possibility of him ending up in the Bundesliga with Bayern Munich. Tottenham wants a lot of money. Bayern wants to pay not quite as much money. Well, there's another club that has now uh, possibly entered the race, according to ESPN. PSG, you know they don't mind spending a lot of money. And they need to make a big splash after they lost Lionel Messi. And maybe they lose Kylian Mbappe. Maybe they don't. I don't know. That's gotten all kinds of quiet and weird. PSG are entering the race, according to ESPN, to go get Harry Kane from Tottenham. And I think they would meet Tottenham's price. But it sounds like Harry Kane wants to go to Bayern. And I don't think they're going to meet Tottenham's price. So... You tell me how that one gets sorted out, because I don't know yet. Another silly season update. Marcus Rashford agreed to a new long-term contract with Manchester United, according to many different outlets. Verbal agreement, new five-year contract would keep him at Old Trafford until 2028. Here's a very interesting one. Newcastle United have reportedly made a $100 million plus offer to sign Napoli winger Gvicha Gvartskela, who had an incredible season for the Serie A champions, the Republic of Georgia winger, could go for over $100 million. That would be an incredible return on their investment for Napoli. Newcastle's got the money. We know that these days. Darren Eels is in a really interesting situation with Newcastle as they prepare for a very big year ahead, and they might do that with a new winger who would cost them a whole lot of money. But they're good for it, right? Another one on the silly season updates. Mentioned Fuller and Balligan earlier talking about the U.S. men's national team. Sounds like Inter could be interested in bringing Balligan in, according to The Athletic. He had a, a great season in Liga last year. He is going to be with Arsenal at the MLS All-Star game. Will Balligan make his move to Serie A? It sounds like Inter is not going to bring Romelu Lukaku back. Now Juventus is linked to Lukaku, so maybe instead of Lukaku, it is Balligan for Inter. Another one on the Silly Season updates, Jordan Henderson. It sounds like his proposed move to Saudi Arabia is in the final stages, according to Nicolo Shira. Al-Etifak, who we talked about uh, in recent weeks, they hired Steven Gerrard as their new manager, and Jordan Henderson's name came up pretty quickly after Gerrard was hired, former teammates, obviously. 33 years old, Jordan Henderson, he's been so important to Liverpool over the years, but is this his big cash-in moment? I don't think there's another one for him, so if he wants to cash in, this is the time. And with Liverpool signing... Alexis McAllister from the Argentine national team and coming over from Brighton, well, it might be the right time for everybody involved. All right, number two on the headlines, League's Cup. Talked about it earlier when it came to Atlanta United, but if you do not know what League's Cup is, it's, not, it's a break from the MLS regular season, but the teams aren't getting a break. This is an official CONCACAF competition. Starts on Friday. It will reach its conclusion on Saturday, August 19th. That will be the final. Matches are going to be played at MLS stadiums in the U.S. and in Canada. Three teams from the League's Cup will qualify for the 2024 CONCACAF Champions League. The top two teams from each of the 15 groups, they're going to advance to the knockout round of 32. All games that end level in the group stage will be decided by a penalty shootout, so it won't be a pure draw. Scoring system is what you would expect in this situation. So a group stage win, three points. A penalty shootout win, two points. A penalty shootout defeat, one point. So you get your draw, 
you get your point for the draw. You get a bonus point if you win the shootout. No points if you lose, obviously, in regulation. The most interesting group besides Atlanta is Atlanta, Inter-Miami, and Cruz Azul. Fascinating on so many different levels, that group. Cruz Azul has not started the season well in Liga MX, and Tuca Ferretti is not happy about it. He's lashing out at journalists talking about it. The most interesting group besides Atlanta's, to me, is Central Group 1, Club America, the Columbus crew, who have lost Aloy Room. They, they did a mutual termination of his contract. Looks like he's going back to Europe. And St. Louis City. Now, look, St. Louis coming into this season when the groups were set up, total wild, wild card. You didn't know what they would be. Well, they're the best team in the West. Uh, Club America was the number one team in Liga MX last year. Columbus, pretty good. That's going to be a wild, wild group. Club America St. Louis is going to be a really fun game to watch. Number three on the headlines, Mikel Arteta. He is very excited about Declan Rice's signing. He sees him as Arsenal's lighthouse as Arsenal tries to win the Premier League. They haven't done that since 2004. They led for a long time in this past season until they were overtaken by Manchester City. They beat Manchester City to Declan Rice's signing. Now, it's 105 million pounds, so around $110 million. Uh, former West Ham captain. He's 24 years old. I don't think he's going to walk in and be handed the captain's armband, but he might. He's going to be a leader within that group regardless. And with so many English national team players in the locker room at Arsenal, they already know Declan Rice, and they already know what he brings to the table. Big, big move. And you're adding him. You're adding Kai Havertz. You're adding Jurian Timber. Arsenal have really upgraded their squad from a team that was already pretty good. Is it going to be enough to overtake Manchester City? going to be a fun season to find out. I think those two are the two that have really separated themselves from the rest of the Premier League. We might get a chance to see Rice in action on Wednesday. Arsenal playing the MLS All-Stars at Audi Field in D.C. He is in D.C. Uh, as a full-arm Balogun as well. Um, not sure if Rice is going to play. Might be a cameo appearance, but Declan Rice. Big deal for Arsenal. Is he 105 million pounds big deal? I'm not 100% sure. Number four on the headlines, North Carolina FC, USL League One. Talked about them with Tormenta and Greenville. They announced the signing of U.S. Youth National Team standout Kyrome Lumsden. Professional deal for Lumsden. He's 16 years old, tons of experience with the U.S. Youth National Team. Came out of LAFC's academy. They weren't ready to sign him to a homegrown deal. This is a similar kind of move as we saw Nathan Gray leave Atlanta United's academy to go sign for the Charlotte Independence of USL League One. Nita Pickering left FC Dallas's academy to sign with Memphis 901 last year. USL clubs are benefiting from MLS academies developing players. Look, it's a good thing for the players. It gives them more choices, more opportunities to turn pro earlier. They might not be able to make the jump to Europe yet because of the, the rules in place by FIFA about players under the age of 18 moving, but they can become pros. And if the academy with MLS isn't ready to promote them as a homegrown yet, maybe there's players in that position already ahead of them, they can go somewhere else and they can play and they can make that money. It is about securing the bag after all, isn't it? It's not the best route for everybody. Some players might take this route. They might have wished they had had a little more patience and stayed. We're going to see how it shakes out. But this is not just an isolated thing. I think it's a trend, and I think we're going to see more of it as we go. Three things that make me smile about this game that I love so much, and they are all about Lionel Messi coming to Major League Soccer. And that's number one. I mean, how can, how can it not make you smile? He's the best player in the world. Uh, right now, he might win the Ballon d'Or once again. He captained Argentina to the World Cup title this past time. He was the golden ball winner at that tournament. He's an incredible player. He is one of the best to ever play the game. Can't dispute that. You can dispute if he's the best. We can argue all day about Pelé and Maradona. And, I mean, you could go to Johan Cruyff and, and Messi. And, and we can keep going and going and going. Cristiano Ronaldo's name will come up. I, I get it. One of the best to ever play. Can't argue it. The highest stature player to ever play in Major League Soccer. I don't think you can argue that. As big of a deal as David Beckham was when he was signed, and that actually directly led to Lionel Messi coming to the league. I don't think you can argue that Lionel Messi is one of the biggest deals for MLS ever. 
Number two on the things that make me smile about this move specifically, the opportunity in front of MLS to grow. You're going to have so many more eyeballs on the league because of this. People who might not have checked it out before will because of this. People internationally will watch this league more than ever before. That Apple TV deal looks really, really good right now, especially if the reported numbers of like 3.5 billion watching worldwide Messi's introduction last night. Insane. Insane. That's only going to grow when he starts playing games. And number three, for somebody who's been involved in this game in some form or fashion since I was nine years old, the opportunity for soccer to grow like never before in the United States. Yes, Lionel Messi being in Major League Soccer can help make that happen. He is the gasoline to the rocket ship that was already being loaded up, ready to go with the World Cup coming in 2026. Well, you just got the nitro fuel added to it with Lionel Messi coming to MLS. I cannot wait to see how all this plays out. I can't wait to see what it's like potentially in Fort Lauderdale next Tuesday. That's when Atlanta United will be back in action again at Dry Pink Stadium, League's Cup opener against Inter-Miami, and maybe possibly Lionel Messi in the team on that night. Can't wait for it. We're going to have some content all week long. Like I said, Friday night... U.S. Women's National Team post-game show on 92.9 The Game, live at 11 p.m. We're going to have a World Cup preview podcast dropping on Off the Woodwork tomorrow. Plenty of other things coming your way. Make sure you are subscribed to Off the Woodwork. And thank you so much, as always, for hanging out with me tonight and for listening to Atlanta Soccer Tonight. Adios, everybody. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend, or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.